This is an RNZ podcast. It looks like someone has edited the Reuters feed to publish on RNZ, but they've they've changed some of the language to make it look a bit more Kremlin friendly. Uh, it's understood a staff a staffer has been stood down. Simon, this must be just sort of RNZ's worst nightmare, given that people often refer to it as Kremlin Radio. <laughs> the state radio. <laughs> yeah. That was Tim Beveridge on News Talk ZB's weekend collective show yesterday, highlighting a surprising story which broke the day before and which has indeed been a bit of a nightmare for RNZ News and its bosses. And while some of RNZ's critics who reckon it does lean a bit to the left do call it Red Radio from time to time, as the ACT Party did responding to those revelations on Friday, it doesn't really have a reputation as pro-Putin. So ZB's Tim Beveridge was just kidding when he said this. When they managed to slip another Kremlin-friendly story, I can just imagine it. Welcome to Radio New Zealand today. Vladimir Putin, great guy. Uh, Sorry, Janet, I'm being mischievous. You should audition. (laughs) But Tim Beveridge did acknowledge this was a serious issue because the story's concerned the war in Ukraine, which is, of course, one of the most serious issues of our time. Now, one of the problems with covering the war in Ukraine is that so many of the reports of what's happening day to day are hotly contested and sometimes completely contradicted by the warring parties and their allies. There's also a steady stream of unverifiable information and images from the conflict, as well as outright propaganda, a lot of it state-sanctioned and some even state-created, which the news media then have to wade through and weigh up. And that also applies to accounts of the reasons that this war was started in the first place, including the preceding annexation of Crimea nine years ago. And this week, a New York-based Twitter user calling himself Southpaw was startled to find what he called Russian propaganda about that under the byline of the Moscow bureau chief of respected news agency Reuters, republished on RNZ's website. He picked out parts of the story from rnz.co.nz on Thursday night, which said the conflict in the Ukraine began in 2014 after a pro-Russian elected government was toppled during Ukraine's violent Maidan colour revolution. Now, colour revolution is often used by people describing protest movements that they believe to be backed by foreign powers, and it's the sort of loaded language that a news agency like Reuters would never use. Its role is to supply straight and opinion-free news and information to media publishers around the world. But the same RNZ story also said Russia annexed Crimea after a referendum as the new pro-Western government suppressed ethnic Russians in Ukraine. Now that's an assertion that Russia used to justify the invasion at that time, and President Putin aired it again before invading Ukraine in February last year. But independent experts have said it's baseless, and back in 2014, the BBC's correspondent in Kiev called it demonstrably false. Now on Twitter, the pseudonymous Southpaw later told his followers that a Reuters representative had been in touch with him to say that language that appeared on RNZ's website was not written by Reuters or by their Moscow bureau chief Guy Falkenbridge. Now someone else who noticed all this was a Kiwi based in Paris, Jeff Upton, who also took to Twitter to show the difference between RNZ's version of Guy Falkenbridge's story and the one his employers at Reuters published, in which their man in Moscow had merely said... The conflict in eastern Ukraine began in 2014 after a pro-Russian president was toppled in Ukraine's Maidan revolution and Russia annexed Crimea. And that is a much more neutral account of what actually happened back then, as you would expect from a news agency like Reuters. Jeff Upton then said that he'd spoken to Reuters as well and had been told by them the story was apparently altered by a journalist at RNZ. 
Now, early on Friday afternoon, a footnote appeared on the story on rnz.co.nz saying that it had indeed been edited inappropriately and had now been corrected. Soon after that, at 4pm on Friday, RNZ News listeners heard this. RNZ is investigating how a story on the Ukraine conflict on its website and Twitter channel was changed to reflect a pro-Russian view. The original Reuters story published yesterday traced the conflict's origin to 2014 when a pro-Russian Ukrainian president was toppled and Russian-backed separatist forces annexed Crimea. But the version published by RNZ included a false account of the events. The story has since been corrected. But by Friday afternoon, more recent Reuters-originated stories about Ukraine also appeared to have an added pro-Russian flavour. Another one about the first large-scale airstrikes in nearly two months, which claimed that Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine, claiming that a US-backed coup in 2014, with the help of neo-Nazis, had created a threat on its borders, and that that had ignited a civil war which saw Russian-speaking minorities persecuted. But that last example was from late April, and it's surprising no one noticed the inflammatory additions to it until Friday's revelations prompted a look back. Now, having said that no further comment would be made until an investigation is complete, RNZ confirmed late on Friday night that the alleged conduct of one employee is under investigation. The statement said the staffer had been placed on leave and there will be an audit of other articles to check for further problems. So far, RNZ have corrected seven Reuters articles that had been altered, the changes going unnoticed for six months, popping up in January, February, March and then twice in April and twice in June. By Saturday evening, the number of inappropriately edited online stories had swelled to 14, and Chief Executive Paul Thompson announced there'd be an external review of RNZ's online news editing processes, with all the findings to be made public. Radio New Zealand is investigating after pro-Russian rhetoric was published on its website. The minister calls it worrying. A staff member is stood down. While TVNZ's One News led with that development on Saturday here, in the UK, the inappropriate editing also prompted the Associate Defence Editor of the Daily Telegraph, Dom Nichols, to say this in the paper's daily podcast of the latest news from Ukraine. I highlight that because I think it, I think it's pretty interesting anyway, a bit, bit clunky. I'm sure they'll be able to get to the bottom of who, who did that. But just to highlight the, 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 the fight, the war that is happening in the information, on the, as I say, on the information flank of this war, of which we are... Yeah, we're a part of that, and so are you. And I just urge you again, just just be careful with everything you consume. There's a there's an absolute torrent of information out there. There's agendas all over the place. Just be very very careful. But I thought that absolutely highlighted how how this can be, how words can be twisted or invented. It's the drip 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 effect. So just got to be careful with the um, with where you're drawing your information from. And who's handling that information and how they're doing it? He could have added, because as we now know. It was going on for months at RNZ before anybody noticed. Now something else that has to be addressed, if it hasn't already, is RNZ's relationship with Reuters, which knows about the problem but has not yet responded to our request for comment on it. We also contacted two former news agency bosses for comment on this, but they were not keen to say anything until they knew more details. Now, the terms of global news agencies' agreements with news media organisations vary, but commonly they do allow media customers to edit supplied stories for length and to permit the addition of relevant details specific to the territory in question. 
including passages of text and stories published by client media companies, is also usually okay, and there may be mistakes or inadvertent ambiguities in the agency's copy, and it's fine for clients like RNZ to finesse the stories a bit before republication. But significant editorial changes, like the politically charged ones added to those Ukraine war stories, are not okay if the published story is still attributed to the agency which supplied it. And that's especially so when it's under the byline of a Moscow bureau chief of the world's second biggest news gatherer, which has rigorous editorial standards of its own and style guides that are rigorously applied. Adding things in this way is actually akin to another cardinal sin of journalism, plagiarism, though here, rather than co-opting the author's work without acknowledging it, things the author didn't write have been inserted in his name. Now, Reuters' website terms and conditions warn that you may not remove, alter, forward, scrape, frame, copy, sell, distribute, or create derivative works without our prior written consent. So MediaWatch this week also asked RNZ, how is it permitted to alter content from Reuters? But we were told again, there will be no comment on that until the investigation is complete and any appropriate action taken. Now that action might include updating RNZ's editorial policy, which does have a section on material from external sources, but doesn't specify news agency suppliers. RNZ's editorial policies also say that audiences should not be able to detect a presenter or journalist's personal views. Staff will have opinions of their own, the policies say, but they must not yield to bias or prejudice. To be professional is not to be without opinions, but to be aware of those opinions and make allowances for them so that reporting is judicious and fair. This weekend, the ACT Party demanded action to prevent RNZ becoming, in its words, a conduit for Putin's propaganda, while the broadcasting minister said that he'd been briefed on the matter by RNZ's board chair by text message. And the founder of the local campaign group Mahi for Ukraine, Kate Turska, told Stuff that a state-funded broadcaster should adopt the highest journalistic standards, especially when it comes to issues of war and geopolitics, which could sway public opinion. Now, all parties are surely on the same page about that, over words that should not have appeared on RNZ's webpages in the first place. So watch the space then to see what appropriate action will be taken by RNZ to restore any loss of trust or confidence in RNZ News as a result of all this.